0: welcome to another session with the market dominance guys a program exploring all the high stakes speed bumps and off ramps of driving to the top of your market with our host chris beal from connect and sell and Corey frank from branch 49 welcome to the continuation of a conversation with hitesh shah cto and cpo of connect and sell This episode delves into the world of sales and coaching for sales managers. Hitesh shares his experience and insights on coaching by the numbers and how to effectively manage and coach a sales team. Corey and Chris share their thoughts on how to analyze sales data and determine the strengths and weaknesses of individual sales reps. They stress the importance of getting granular with the data and looking at it with a critical eye. By understanding the patterns and details of sales interactions, Sales managers can take the necessary steps to help their reps improve and drive better results. Chris also offers his advice for new sales managers on how to stay up to date with fast moving sales trends and how to effectively manage a sales team in a fast paced environment. He suggests starting the day by looking at sales data and focusing on the critical details of sales interactions. So whether you're a seasoned sales manager or just starting out, join us for this exciting episode as Chris, Corey and Hitesh, help you take your sales management, training, and sales skills to the next level. In this episode, get granular to boost your sales performance.
1: We had a great conversation the other day, informally, talking about your cataloging experience, Hitesh and Chris. And we were talking about the, and I'm going to butcher it, right, was that the items lead you to the category. The category doesn't lead you to the items, right? It's very easy when you're trying to deduce causation versus correlation. We've had a number of conversations about this. But when you have, let's take a real world problem. How do you determine if the items that data is leading to a category challenge or is the category going to lead you to, it never leads you to the items, I believe that you had said, right? Maybe you can clean up that butchering of your nuggets of wisdom that I just fed back to you.
2: That's pretty good. You just got 12 of my patents right there. (laughs) Nitesh, <laughs> what are your thoughts about this? I mean, you and I have both built a lot of classification systems that do automated or semi-automated classifications, all with at some point with humans in the loop, either early, middle, or late, or cleanup. You did it in the world of jobs at a level that nobody had ever done before, figuring out how to match people to the jobs that are out there in the world. I've done it in the world of products and parts also. When you think about what Corey just said.
3: I think the most interesting example that comes to my mind is coaching by the numbers, Chris, in terms of dispositions, right? Mm -hmm. So Corey, in Connect and Sell World, every call is disposed with a disposition, right? What happened, right? I got a referral. I got wrong target. The person is not interested. Right timing, not me. Talk to somebody else or whatever. Chris started noticing this very peculiar pattern where interests and information would suddenly start dominating your disposition pie chart, right? So we have a pie chart that shows what's the spread of your dispositions. And it turns out that people who are not very good at communicating your value prop or are super nice on the phone, so you don't feel like blowing them off, you don't feel like turning them off, but at the same time, they don't give you a compelling enough story or a pitch for you to say, yes, I want to learn more. So guess what the easiest thing to punt to is? Send me some information and I'll get back to you. And Chris, I still remember the grid that we, we looked at on the whiteboard in uh, the San Mateo office where you came up with this technique of saying, okay, here's how you stack rank your description outcomes. And the moment interest send information starts bubbling up for a given rep, that means that person needs coaching on how to open the call in a way that you actually end up moving to the next phase. Of the sales cycle, so that right. so that would see be, be perceived as a positive.
1: Hey, we got through to somebody's on my list. My marketing people says, "See, I told you that list is good. These people right. are crazy for information and crazy for propaganda." We send
2: right, right, but
1: that category doesn't necessarily lead back to the item necessarily,
3: right. correct? Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a great example. That's The truth is always in the details. The details are always a pain in the ass because you got to figure out what the patterns are and you will see patterns where there aren't any. These are the hard things about hard things. This is why some people do work like this and others do sensible work. (laughs) You actually know what the outcome is going to be. So that's a great example where there's something that emotionally leads you in one direction. Hey, this rep must be pretty good. They're getting a lot of interest. In fact, that tells you something about the rep this rep can't close. They can't close a meeting, right? And so now that they need coaching or replacement, well, let's take a coaching step because that'll tell us if they need coaching or replacement. We had one the other day that was really funny. You know, everybody's obsessed with mobile numbers, mobile numbers, mobile numbers, mobile numbers, right? Because, well, they have higher connect rates. So the mobile number is the category and the connect is the thing you're trying to get to inside. Kaser Compressors, Matt McCorkle had been on this show before and was an outstanding guest. And Matt wanted us to actually build a list for him for experimental reasons. We do crazy things like actually build lists for people sometimes. And so we built a list for him and we made an assumption, a categorical assumption that mobile numbers would be great. Well, Matt's team is calling plant managers in factories. And the plant managers in factories who are in the factory answer the company number when it's actually routed to them by navigating the phone system and all that. Because you're a plant manager. You're not going to ignore a phone call that comes from the inside. It could be really important for the running of the operation. But when they answer their mobile, it means they don't work there anymore. That is, if you call during business hours and you you call them on the mobile number, you're actually deliberately calling the wrong people that Zoom info or LinkedIn or whatever says are the right people, but their yep. data lags a little bit behind. So the category deked us. Yeah, and the facts came back and said otherwise. And by the way, the connect rate was beautiful. It was like fourteen to one with wait times of one minute and six seconds. On paper, I looked at it and I said, "Ooh, ooh, ooh!" And then Matt gets back on and says, "Man, that really pissed off our reps and wasted an entire two hours of flight school." <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of flight school, it's almost as if Hatesh and Chris, we've talked about flight school several times on this call and organization, whether you're using connect and sell, which you should, but even if you use in any other dialer that the premise and the basic building blocks and the spirit of flight school is regardless of whether you're using any type of weapon like connect and sell. But what we're thinking of talking about here is almost like an air traffic control school. So if I'm a sales manager, And I don't have, maybe my enablement person or my marketer is just doing my Zoom data and maybe keeping my Salesforce up and going. This concept of traffic school is analyzing the traffic patterns in the residue, right? Like we're saying, is what your dialer is trying to tell you. How do I get better at that? What do you guys suggest on, where do I learn that from? On this call, I think I have a below number of patents for the three attendees on this call, right? I think clearly, meaning zero. But I think combined- with between the number of patents and the number, you guys are very modest, but the number of phone calls, who has claimed to view and be more of a thought leader on outbound calling and the nuances of it than you two guys? Nobody, right? Just from the hours and the millions and millions of dials. But I'm a sales manager. I'm a relatively new sales manager. And I have reps and there's a lot of moving parts. Chris, your quote you said is that it takes a long time to learn about fast stuff There's a lot of fast-moving stuff. I got a board that's breathing down my neck. I got funding that expires in a few months. I got end of quarter. How do I learn to just stop and look at the residue in the exhaust with a critical eye? What advice do you have for somebody like that?
2: Man, I have a lot of it. (laughs) Here's my number one piece of advice. And it depends on what kind of systems you have that tell you what's going on. But one is get granular. Just get granular, looking at stuff from a high level tells you nothing other than what you thought you already knew. You're Mm. just gonna get confirmation bias. So that's one. Two is before your day starts, I always say before breakfast, and I have two things that require effort before breakfast. One is I try to get in 4,000 microprancing steps (laughs) because 4,000 steps before breakfast means I'll hit my goal for the day. The second is I look at the data in kind of the same order every day. So I bring up the previous day's results for our team and I look at them, I say from top to bottom. By top, I mean early in the conversation to later in the conversation because everything in the world of calling is conditioned by what happened right before it. Therefore, if it goes bad, it goes bad early. So I'll just go in and say, "Okay, so yesterday, because Wait, I can do this in real time, but you know I'll get distracted. So yesterday, who had the highest busy callback rate as a percentage of their total conversations and the team? And then I'll click through and get granular. I'll listen to two conversations, one short and one long. I'll look at the amount of time. That cycle right there, that whole cycle takes less than three minutes. And now I know who needs the most help on their opener because they get busy callbacks. I'll do it through five stages of the conversation. The entire thing takes me 15 minutes. I know some people say, what are you as a CEO doing this? Well, gosh, selling stuff's really important to my company. And it comes from the top of the funnel. It starts at the beginning. So just doing that in much the same way that I would do my 4,000 steps in the morning before all the stuff starts going. I think a moment of structured looking at a level of granularity that you're familiar with, but not turning your mind off. It's like you're really looking. And I know, Hitesh, you do stuff like this with the systems that you build. You have parts of the day where it's easy to get pulled away, where you pay attention to things worth paying attention to.
3: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, in the context of what you were saying, Cory, every dial that you make, right, there are three levels of insights coming from the exhaust that you get back from connect and Cell, or even from any other dialing system right the absolute number one at the simplest level is was the phone number right or not right and are data providers that do discover we used to be really good at this right we used to see from connect and Cell, you could tell if a customer is using discover or not in a heartbeat because their bad data will be less than two percent believe it or not corey versus some of the other data providers that go often up to 15 and 20 percent right So one is just the quality of the data in terms of whether the phone number actually worked or not, okay? The second level, if you go one step above that, is the actual titles that you're targeting that you thought. And this is something I wish our customers did more of, Corey, to Chris's point in terms of being granular, because at the end of the day, blend it, right? A thousand people list will blend everything in, but if you start looking at cohorts of titles that you now start correlating to the call outcomes or dispositions, you start generating some very meaningful insights, right? If you start noticing a high number of referrals, that probably means that you are actually ending up targeting the wrong function within that company for whatever reason, right? It may be that particular industry is not very well organized in terms of how it feeds into the hierarchy or there's something off there. And we've seen this not very often, but enough that it does matter, right? So the data quality, the targeting, and then most importantly, in terms of the feedback loop in terms of what is working well, what you should be doing more of, and what's not working well, and what you should be doing less of, right? So this whole closed-loop feedback system in terms of doing more of what is working across from the vendor that you're using for your data acquisition to how you're using the Vendors to, to build your list and especially targeting both in terms of companies you target and the people within those companies that you target. right? And then lastly, in terms of navigating the buying center in regardless of who you ended up with, right? because the buying center is a collection of people and especially true of anything that's north of 50k ACV and maybe even lower in this environment. right? And as you go up SMB plus into the the mid-market plus enterprise kind of segment, because you're not just going to be talking to one person. It's going to be a committee decision, right?
0: We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Uh Connect and Sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to 10 times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their Impossible Whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. And we're back with Corey and Chris. So that having
1: that childlike curiosity as well is key to finding out, what if I pull on this thread? What if I pull on this thread, right? And getting down, it's okay to fall in love with getting in these little rabbit holes, right? Go. About what it's going to lead you in. To that point, Hitesh, you have a mature sales manager that maybe doesn't necessarily analyze their business. There's no rear view mirror. It's all about just dial the phone, more dials, more data, hire more people is that condition terminal? How would you reform somebody like that, like me, right? Who I don't have time to 4,000 steps, Chris. I mean, come on, look at me. I don't take four steps. I'm sitting behind the desk and I'm managing my, you know, how can you reform somebody like me to say, listen, this is why it's critical to your business. If anything, there's KPIs. There's one number you should look at in in your organization more than anything else that has an atomic weight, Equal to all these other vanity metrics that you think you're using on your Salesforce system. What what guidance advice would you have for somebody like that who's in that condition?
3: So that's Uh, a tough one, Corey. But I think Chris came up with this concept of meeting per rep hour. I think that's probably where I would start, right? Chris, feel free to chime in. I think it's a brilliant invention. I think it's frankly in the company's history, at least that I know of, it's especially for the aspect that Corey. Is addressing, right, in terms of that one thing. If you go to the dentist, the x ray does it, right? You show an x ray and then you go, this is how bad your teeth are. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for us, the closest to that x ray that I can think of, Corey, is the meeting per rep our metric. Because in the end, the time element of it gets lost in terms of meeting set but the amount of time that you're spending prospecting and within that time, how productive you are in terms of, and that encompasses everything from list quality to rep quality to follow-up hygiene and all that thing together, right?
2: Would you agree, Chris? Yeah, your biggest source of variability is the processors themselves, the reps. And so it's difficult to predict what will happen from activity metrics because the processor itself is not uniform. It's like I'm putting in what I think is the same inputs, but I've actually got a very different processor and it's one of a kind. There's only one copy of it in the entire world. And so if you want to find out quickly before you run out of money, run out of time, or get shot, right, <laughs> which is that's the CRO's job is to take the bullet for, for the CEO. <laughs> I think we've talked about that a couple of times then you need to very quickly find out where the production is, like what's really going on. So assuming you have control over your targeting, now you're down to what's the output? Well, waiting for closed one doesn't work because it's too slow. You can't learn about fast things by waiting for slow things to happen. Mm. By the time the slow things happen, you've lost your opportunity to learn more about the fast thing. So what's a fast thing that happens? It happens on day one. The very first day you turn on some dialing system or whatever it is that you're encouraging people to do for outbound, there's a question. My input, my cost is the hours, an hour of a rep, that unique uh, processor. The output is meeting set. It tells you about your list. Because if you can't set meetings across the entire group, the issue isn't the processors. The issue is your targeting or your messaging, one or the other. So now you go back and ask yourself the question, well, does this message have a shot? Or is the list problematic? So you go to the list and you ask yourself this question, which is, if I break the list down by meetings per rep hour, which titles are taking the meetings and which aren't? So maybe I have a list that isn't dense enough in the titles that are taking the meetings, as an example. It's that kind of thing. You need to have a place to start. And meetings per rep hour is, to me, the place to start. I mean, we used to push a lot of stuff. Back in Denver, we were pushing like, did you have enough dials in the day? Well, that's a system thing. Connect and saw you might have 1,500, 2,000 dials. But then we said, no, no, you're not. Did you have enough conversations in the day? And so we went into that for a while. And these things, these are things that we drove on. "Ah, Do this, do this, do this. That was when 2014, 2015, it's now 2023. About a year ago, I was looking at the data and I just said, this is crazy. Where's the money going? It's going to feed the racehorses. What's the output? of a cold call that is diagnostic for targeting, for messaging and for effectiveness of the rep. Meeting gets set, meetings per hour per rep. Oh, I mean, Hitesh says it's brilliant. I think I'm a total idiot for not coming up with this in 2011, quite frankly. But when I look around and I ask folks, what are you measuring? Nobody is measuring meetings per rep hour. It's the one thing that they should be measuring if they want to get a very quick handle on, Okay, where do I go for improvement? Because if you're forward looking, where do I go for results? And then if I'm getting results or I'm not getting results or whatever, where do I go for improvement? It's right there. When we engaged when you were at Stormwind and I was trying to make a point to you, which is your talent spread is huge and there's an issue. And I actually showed you, you're the first person, Corey, who ever saw meetings per rep hour. That was actually how I brought this back. I said, look, below this threshold, you should have no connect and sell, cut them off, right? And you said, Chris, I can make them better. Because that's your mindset. And the answer is maybe you could make them better, but it was going to take a while. And the question is, how long did you really have, especially given how much you were paying us? It's a fascinating thing, and I'm glad you brought it up, Hitesh, because this is the one metric to rule them all. Yeah. It tells you everything. It tells you where to look or it tells you to look.
1: Absolutely. Right. It's everything else is a lagging indicator, right? It's causatory based off of that one. Because if it's meetings per day, yeah, but meetings per hour, right? And then combined with these other granular. Items, right? Hitesh, you and Chris were talking about, right? The busy callback laters or send information. That's the one string. So the one string to pull on the sweater is if somebody's beyond the norm of meetings set per hour per rep.
2: Yes. And let me clarify. When I say meetings per rep hour, I mean per prospecting hour. Yes. Right. Sure, uh, sure. So taking eight hours in the day doesn't work. You've got no, 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 no. Exactly. to say, I know they're prospecting for this amount of time. And one of the advantages of dialing systems like ours or others is they actually tell you, literally, how long somebody's prospecting. When I look at our system right now, which we never do, you know, we don't do it in podcasts to look look right because it's it's an audio medium. But if I were to look right now at our team today on one twenty six. And I'm just going to look at our inside sales team because they do more prospecting. And I can go top to bottom on meetings per rep hour. So our top performer, Josh Lehman, using Connect and Sell today for one hour, 11 minutes and 36 seconds, has set three meetings and his meetings per rep hour is 2.51. By the way, for those of you who want a benchmark, 0.5 is the magic number. So we've always said that there is a magic number for market dominance, there's a conversion rate that you can go, oh, that's pretty good. That's gonna get me there. If you're over 0.5 meetings per rep hour as a rep and you can sustain it, you're a keeper. Now, somebody might say, well, what about the list? So that the right meetings, the meetings people show up for, those are all things that can be controlled either in making the list, which should be the companies, not the reps, Mm -hmm. or in handling the aftermath of the meeting being set, rescheduling and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So ours today, by the way, I'm very happy is 0.76 meetings per rep hour. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six people that are above that today. So there's variation day to day, but that one tells me where to look. I have two people at zero. Now that's one day, right? So now you look back over a week, and this is also key. You got to be fine grained, but you can't be twitchy. You can't be reacting to everything. You got to know, okay, this is for real. Right. Yeah. So now I go to meetings per rep hour for the team as a whole. And suddenly it smooths out. The top was 0.87, and the bottom is 0.35 this week. And the average across the entire team is 0.56. So I guess we can stay in business.
1: Gotcha. Well, it'd be interesting to see. With that, and I'm sure you have the data, certainly proprietary, but Connected Cell is such a thought leader in this space with your team. But what is that danger zone? If I'm an organization that has X and Y and Z, pay my reps, most folks pay their SDRs with some variable disparity there. But what is a danger zone that, hey, listen, stop what you're doing, like you said, unplug whatever machine that you're plugging and look at those points that you had mentioned, right? The data, or the target, or the ICP, or the rep training. Maybe they need to immediately go to flight school. What are some of those numbers that you see? Is it 0.25? Is it
2: 0.1? Well, Hitesh is in the danger zone because he's an important guy who has to go to another meeting. It's amazing that we had him for this. He's the real Tom Cruise here. Hitesh, do you have any parting words about danger zones or your feeling about when should you be reactive?
3: I think the number one in terms of dangerous zone is burning your leads, Corey, to me. So if you are seeing dispositions that are overly negative, that is almost always indicative of something that you're not doing right in terms of either training the reps or targeting or whatever. So, I mean, other than that, like Chris said, you want to maintain the ranges for each of those metrics that you are watching, right? For incremental improvement. If there's one overarching thing it's just, if you're looking at a pie chart that's showing more than 75% negative dispositions, then you have a, you have a problem there.
1: Well, that's fantastic. Well, I tell you what, Atesh, it's great to finally have the brains behind the operation at Connected Cell on these podcasts. I've been slept with Chris Beale for the last three years or so, and it's clearly you've been having the earpiece in Chris's ear as i ask asked him all the questions over the years. So to have an organization like you have, Chris, and that you and Sean McLaren have built, where you have people like Hatesh as your right hand, guy and supporter and cheerleader and analysis and debater and work wife. I mean, it's a gift to have that much intellectual firepower in one organization under one roof focusing on the same goal. So thank you, Hitesh, for finally breaking free from under Chris's thumb here and all the other projects that he has you working on to jump on this podcast. For the Market Dominance guys, Chris, any parting words here on this episode with the brilliant Hitesh Shah?
2: All I got to say is the system must be really, really in good shape for him to be comfortable to come on because this guy doesn't want <laughs> anything slip off.
1: The medium is the message. That's right. I agree. <laughs> Until next time, this is Corey Frank with Chris Beal and the Market Dominance Guys. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention, frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com